Whatever could we possibly talk about with Von Palmer today? I have no idea. I'm kidding, of course, because there's so much to talk about with him. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Yeah, I'm amazed you even called. There's so little to talk about these days. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yesterday was really quite something. We'll get to the political uh, news in a moment. But Vaughn, could I just ask you, it must be quite uh, shocking, the whole Senate situation unfolding there over in Victoria. Yeah, you know, uh, Dale and I, of course, are, are trying to follow both stories on the news yesterday and Global was interrupting uh, with a report from Kylie Stanton. Of course, we recognize that neighborhood. Uh, Dale goes shopping in that area. Our daughter, Elise, uh, went to the Dance Academy just across the street. Uh, This sort of thing happily doesn't happen in Victoria very often in our placid little community here. And of course, the police officers. uh, That's really sobering. Uh, You do sort of get emotional at the scene of them going into the fray, you know, you're Mm -hmm. reminded what they do. Yeah, sure, they're paid to do it, right? Come on. Uh, That takes guts. It It really really does. does. The the footage yesterday that I have seen online and on the news, you just look at what's happening and you think, boy, one, you're right, doesn't happen here. And two, just remarkable for the bravery of those officers uh, running into danger like that. So I, I was just thinking, though, that everybody in your neighborhood, it must have been quite shocking just in that whole part of Vancouver Island to think that this is yeah. happening on the island. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, there have been episodes like this in the past, happily not too many, but you do yeah. have a sense in this community that uh, things are unraveling a bit. Uh, we're, we're seeing, you know, more trouble in downtown Victoria and more concerns from businesses here. Nothing like what's going on in Vancouver and Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and Los Angeles yet, but I think a growing concern that we may be headed in that direction too. Well, there's more to come on that. Now let's talk some politics here too. So were you surprised by the Premier's announcement yesterday? I thought John Horgan would stay and run again um, for the reasons uh, you know we talked about last week. But I also said, you know, health permitting, and it's pretty clear from his press conference yesterday that his health does not permit. It really came down to that one sentence, I wish I had more energy to do more. I mean, when somebody makes that kind of decision for their health, all you can really do is commend them for their good judgment because uh, none of us get control of that. No, we cannot. Now, let's also talk about how rare this is, though, yeah. in B.C. political history. It's very rare, and John Horgan, you know, is a student of history, and he flagged that during his media conference yesterday. So I've covered 10 B.C. premiers and counting since the early 1980s, and of that, those 10 premiers, only one other one has gone at a timing of his own determination and choice, and that was Bill Bennett. All of the other premiers I've covered have left office either at the hands of the voters or under a cloud of controversy and didn't have an awful lot of choice about going. So a big deal. Uh, Really, you know, uh, I had to check, look this up, but in the entire post-Second World War era, only Two other premiers have done what John Horgan did yesterday, and that is say, I'm going now because it's my decision. And one was Bill Bennett, and the other one was John Hart. Anybody remember him? You want a trivia question? Right after the war. So, 
It's very rare. I mean, politicians get hooked on the job, and they, in their own minds, become indispensable, and uh, there's always more to do because you never completed your agenda. It's a complicated province to govern, and, you know, you want to do the best for your party, and you look over the possible successors, and you go, mm, I can do a better job than that. So what we saw yesterday was very rare, admirable, that somebody would go out at the top after only five years as Premier. So interesting, the the history of this too. And I thought uh, former Premier Glenn Clark, who knows very well about all of this, made, I thought, an interesting point where he said, not only is he the first NDP Premier to be re-elected, but he leaves office more popular than when he first came into power. That is also very rare in governing British Columbia. I mean, we've had premiers who got themselves re-elected and some that got themselves re-elected more than once. Uh, But I would say if, you know, from the ones I've covered and and reading some history, uh, they were, uh, Gordon Campbell and Bill Bennett both being re-elected, they were respected, but they weren't regarded at the same level of affection that John Horgan is regarded. I mean, the thing that really stands out in Horgan's polling numbers, and I know you had Chachi Curl of the Angus Reid Foundation on this morning, the Reid Foundation has found this several times, that the public is not overly impressed with how well the NDP is handling its agenda. 88% said they don't think they're doing a good job on housing affordability. Many, many are unhappy with the crisis in health care, and in spite of that, they say they, they approve of John Horgan in office. I mean, you think about Nirvana for a politician, um, the, the public thinks you're not doing a great job, your party, on key issues, but they still love you. Uh, John Horgan's approval rating has been pretty consistent since he took office five years ago, uh, above 50%. Uh, the most recent one was uh, nudging that, so the museum controversy. But seriously, uh, this guy had a rapport with the B.C. public that is rare in modern times. It really is. So now let's talk about a leadership race getting underway because there's not much time for all of this to take shape. We'll have a new premier in the fall. Yeah, that's true. So Horgan really set the timetable for succession too and said, really, you know, the party needs to deal with this fairly soon. He said, this is maybe a bit of wishful thinking that, okay, you know, now that I've said what I'm doing, we can get back to dealing with the items on the agenda. I don't think that happens. Uh, the speculation started in before he finished speaking yesterday was in full flight. So the party's looking at uh, a new leader. Uh, some very good comments, which you're using on the news right now from Carol James, who was, you know, John Horgan's closest friend in government, really. Um, and she said the party needs to look for balance. Uh, that is one of the things that John Horgan brought to the NDP. This is, a, this is a party that has in the past many times fractured on the jobs versus the environment issue. And because of John Horgan, they were able to keep a lid on that. So old growth, uh, Site C, LNG development. As long as John Horgan was there, he was in charge, and the party didn't have it out on those issues. But 
balance. Look, leadership races are about staking out positions with party members and supporters, and I think those issues will all open up in a leadership race, so it'll be hard to keep the party united. The other thing, Simi, is, you know, we're talking about what's remarkable about John Horgan. It's, uh, yes, the NDP got a number of things right, and they've governed well, but you drill right down to it, it's John Horgan's rapport with the public and his communication skills. And you've heard the names. I don't think there's anybody in there, no disrespect intended to them, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't think there's anybody in that group in the cabinet that ha- that are as equal at communicating and having that populist touch with the public. So who would you put in that category of will definitely run? Oh, heavens, you know, I, I was thinking of yesterday about John Horgan's talking about personal and family reasons, really, you know, goes for a walk with his wife and decides, uh, I'd like to do more walking on the beach with my wife and less governing. Uh, David Eby is obviously the first name everyone has in mind, but David Eby has a young family. Right? Yeah. And, and he took himself out of the running the last time the NDP leadership race was open. So this is a deep personal thing. We, we've seen from John Horgan that even where you're popular and even where you love the job, being Premier of British Columbia is a full-time, demanding, exhausting position, and it's not like there's any lack of challenges. So I think when the people that were contacted yesterday said, hey, I'm going to think this over and talk to family, friends, and supporters, they'd better, they've seen right now just what the job of being Premier can take out of you. Okay, and the other names I hear mentioned are people like Ravi Kellan, uh, Selena Robinson, Bowen Ma, Nathan Cullen. Yes, we hear those names. So Bowen Ma, very ambitious, and uh, she strikes me as one of those people that will run for position, not expecting to win, but raising profile in the party. Uh, Selena Robinson, um, I don't think she's uh, Carol James level Minister of Finance in BC. Uh, so, you know, maybe she'll run. But, uh, and Ravi Kalon's unproven. You know, I'm sure the listener will go, yeah, I've heard his name a couple of times. I know you had him on this week. But, yep. but the, the two high profile ministers in this government are Mike Farnworth and Adrian Dix. And I don't think either one of them is going to run. Dix has already been leader, and it didn't go very well. And I think Farnworth is more on the retirement track uh, than thinking of running. So I think that's one of the reasons, Simi, why you're hearing some new Democrats putting out the name of Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. So he has no experience in being in the provincial government. He's been a very successful mayor. I believe he's planning to run for re-election this fall. But people are looking to him because he's demonstrated flashes of those communication skills and the populist touch that John Horgan has. So this is not an easy leadership race. John Horgan is leaving at the top of his game politically. I think that's fair. He's leaving the party in good shape and provincial finances in relatively good shape. Uh, But he's also taking with him... uh, you know, the NDP's number one asset, which is himself. So true. All right, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Oh, we'll have a lot to talk about with Vaughn in the days and weeks ahead with the NDP leadership race. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.